This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hey, welcome back to Southern Remedy. I'm Dr. Rick Gachazo here as live as I'm going to be today for your calls at one 672 or we are, would be pleased to get your emails at southernremedy.mpbonline.org. I'm going to go right to the phones to Lee and Tim in just one second, but I want to tee up, and it won't take but a second, so you guys hang on. Um, and those of you who have a question, we have open lines at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Um, a couple of important things have come up in the medical news that you need to be aware of, and I just wanted to jump through the list, some of the list, real quickly uh, in bullet points, and then we'll go right to the calls. If you're interested in any of this, fine. Uh, give us a call. We'll talk about it some more. Skin cancer, epidemic. You've heard about this epidemic of uh, eye cancer, melanoma, uh, that's been reported at Auburn. It'll be reported everywhere else probably related to sun exposure. Uh, sun is, direct sun exposure is not good. You need to be wearing eye, uh, sunglasses, appropriate sunglasses, and don't let your babies get blistered. That it will increase their risk for skin cancer like crazy. Mosquitoes, 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 mosquitoes. Increasing epidemics of mosquito-borne illnesses in this country, as well as in South and Central America, not only do they uh, carry uh, uh, things like malaria, which we don't have much of, but a whole bunch of things like Lyme and a bunch of other new infectious agents that we usually just saw in dogs. So now that's going on. Uh, get rid of your mosquitoes, and there are ways to do that. The new herpes zoster vaccine, the old one's no good. The new one... Uh, which is out, is the one you ought to get. And if you've had the old one, you ought to get the new one because the old one doesn't work that well. It's called uh, Zosteric, and uh, and it's called the ZVL, the Zoster Vaccine uh, Live. And uh, it's an attenuated one. We still don't know whether we can give it to people who are immunosuppressed. Uh, but it certainly uh, is helpful uh, in protecting you almost 90% if you can take it. And that's uh, just about everybody that's not on a biologic or an immunosuppressive agent. does give an increased instance of uh, local skin reactions, and I can attest to that I had one. Uh, cervical cancer, low with uh, IUDs. IUDs are protective from that. It's now the preferred form of birth control. Uh, sleep and cardiovascular risk out the top. You've got to get your uh, refreshment, refreshing hours of sleep. People are sleeping four to five hours and having heart attacks. Don't do that. Hepatitis B screening. Everybody who is of a certain age, that is, uh, in the Anybody from 40 to 80 probably needs to get their hepatitis B test screen to make sure they're not infected with that. Oral contraceptives and breast cancer, uh, new data on this, over 2 million in this study. Uh, uh, The risk for it is increased by 0.1. So it's a very low increased risk, and that's really good news. Last thing I wanted to mention uh, is... This whole uh, vaping issue, mm. everything about that is going south. It's not good for anything, and the stuff that uh, people have been vaping gets bigger and bigger, including opioids and all kinds of other stuff. Those ought to be outlawed. Uh, They're probably not going to be, but keep your kids away from them because kids are getting overdosed on uh, some of the nicotine products Remember, nicotine is uh, a poison that was used to kill insects uh, in large numbers. They had to stop using it because it was so toxic. Now you just have to smoke it to get it. And the last thing is, get this, the risk for lung cancer and heart disease uh, is 
uh, the most risk is in people, most uh, risk is accumulated between 1 and 10 cigarettes per day. By the time you get to 10 cigarettes per day, most of the risk you've already accumulated, even if you smoke another 10 of them. Uh, I'm not saying do that because that increases your risk for lung disease. I'm talking about lung cancer here. But uh, even one cigarette a day strikingly increases your risk for lung cancer. And that's why these smoke-free communities uh, that stop having public smoking, the heart attack rate goes right down to the bottom because any exposure to tobacco smoke is bad news. Let's go to Bay St. Louis and Lee. Hey, Lee, I'm sorry I kept you waiting, but I wanted to bring folks up to date on some hot well, news. Well, that was good information, and I'm glad to hear it, especially the shingles, because I did have the first one. Now I need to go get the second one. Yep. Okay. Well, this is the thing, Dr. Rick. Um, seven years ago, I had my thyroid taken out, protesting every step of the way, but was convinced that I had to do it. Um, still have all the symptoms of hypothyroidism, hairs falling out, nails crumbling. I have to keep them cut all the way down to the flesh because if I don't, they go into my uh, fingers and split. Um, Can't sleep, you know, just unbelievable. And uh, every doctor that I've first of all, I'm 80 years old. Mm -hmm. So it seems like when you get to be 80 and your hair is gray, all of a sudden you're an idiot. But anyway, every doctor that I've seen just pushes another pill at me. They do a blood test and... uh, Let's try this one. Yeah. So, so let me let me just make uh, sure we are on the same page, and and you sound like a chickadee to me. So I'm well, I'm just glad to talk to you. Uh, so so uh, hyper hyperthyroidism uh, can be associated with a gorder, which is swollen thyroid in your neck, or multinodular gorder nodules in your neck, and used to. We uh, about the best way to deal with hyper too much thyroid hormone was to cut out the thyroid gland, and in people who had that done, the majority of them became hypo low thyroid, and had to be put on thyroid replacement. The symptoms of too much thyroid are uh, sleeplessness, uh, sometimes elevation in blood pressure. Uh, all kinds of somatic complaints, hurting uh, places, being revved, revved up emotionally, um, and it's just like you were on steroids. Like that's, uh, right. that's the same thing, and that is supposed to go away. And eye disease, uh, bulging eyes, uh, and uh, everything uh, is usually goes away when the thyroid is removed, except the eye disease, but. That means that there can be some residual effects. Now, uh, even though your thyroid's been removed, are you on thyroid supplement? Yes, I am. Uh-huh. And your TSH is normal and all that stuff? Yes, Okay. Supposedly. And did your uh, mom have hair loss when she was over 50? No. Uh-huh. So this is a new thing for you. Yes. And- I I had I was a hair model for D.H. Holmes in New Orleans because I had so much hair. A great store and yeah. a great story. Uh, so have you tried minoxidil? Yeah, uh, minoxidil. Uh-huh. It's over the counter. It's hair growing stuff. It works pretty yes. good. Yes, I have. I've tried Okay. That. It doesn't work? No, nothing has been working. Okay, minoxidil is a topical uh, hair-growing thing. It was originally right. used as a blood pressure medicine, and if it made everybody grow hair in the wrong place, so they put it in a dropper, and you put it on yes. your scalp. Yes. You have to use it twice a day right. and for it to work, and it's pretty effective. If that doesn't work, then you're uh, out to lunch on the hair. Have you lost your eyebrows, too? No. Uh-huh. No, it's just my hair and my nails that, you know, that that are so obvious. The okay. rest of it, of course, last night I slept three hours and got up twice to read. That's not normal. Uh, yeah. So uh, what about, are, have you tried Vicks Vapor Rub on your nails? Yes, I have. Did that do, uh, do know, anything? I'm an old-fashioned girl. I stick it in my nose at night mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Did it work on your nails? No. Okay. Most people who have nails that crack and stuff like that uh, have dry nails rather than fungus in the nails. Now, you're not going to like this because you've already done it. Uh, At this point, 
Uh, if I was seeing you, I would have a dermatologist scrape your nails to make sure they're not fungal infected and uh, give me some recommendations about what to do next. Biotin and so forth. Biotin, by the way, screws up some of your lab tests. So uh, before your doctor gets lab tests, if you're on that um, you you need to let him know. But biotin can be very helpful for nails and hair, and there is no right dose. There's a dose on the bottle. Get an USP. Uh, anytime you get a nutraceutical, get a USP, one that has USP on it. They're more expensive, but you actually know what you're getting. And uh, you've tried that too, right? Yes, I no. have. Well, I'm out of answers for that. So the only person that I know that can really help you on that would be a dermatologist that has an interest in hair. Are you in New Orleans or are you in Mississippi now? I'm in, I'm in Mississippi, but I'm 40 minutes from New Orleans. Yeah. My doctors are all at auction. Yeah, New yeah. Well, you, you've got some good ones in New Orleans, and, and you've got a whole bunch of dermatologists there. So I think that would be my recommendation. Uh, you've seen multiple doctors you don't want to see anymore, but I think uh, if you haven't seen a dermatologist for that problem and your hair, it would be worthwhile. Your sleep uh, thing uh, is a common problem in seniors in general, and it usually reflects a sleep hygiene problem. Uh, although, and I don't have time to go through all that, but I'll have to, I'll send you an email if you send me one asking for it where I have your address. All right. But I would strongly suggest, and Medicare will pay for a referral to a sleep specialist. This is a pulmonary or uh, psychiatrist or general medicine doctor who has spent an additional year or two learning about sleep and how to deal with sleep disorders. Now, sleep apnea is a, a very common disorder, but they also deal with insomnia, and that's what you have is chronic insomnia. And I have, since I'm a geriatrician, I have sent a lot of people that I couldn't figure out what was wrong with their sleep to them, and their failure rate's about 50%, which is pretty good. Uh, for anything having to do with seniors. So it would be worth a, uh, at least having one visit. I'm not suggesting that you get wired up and have a sleep study. And, Lee, if you have any more questions, send me an email. I need to get on with other folks, but I really appreciate your call, and those are those are good questions. I hope I helped a little bit. Medication for... Um for thyroid, you know, I'm, I'm already taking the medications that, and I'm taking the real ones, not the generics. Um, and I just wondered, is there an organic one? That, the organic that, ones, yeah, there are. You can have a mixed at a specialty pharmacy, and uh, that you have no idea of how much thyroid you're getting, and I don't recommend it. I, I suggest you stay with a branded Synthroid, uh, which is T4. Uh, and not get into these voodoo preparations that a lot of people will mix up and sell you for ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, you just don't know what you're getting. Uh, but stick with your endocrinologist. Ask for a derm consult and ask for a sleep study, and I think that will be worth your time. And thank you for your call. Let's go to Tim in Hattiesburg. Hey, Tim, what's going on in Hattiesburg? Yeah, good morning. I'm. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my pleasure. What's going on? I got a little bit of gout going on, mm. and I went to the doctor, and they checked my uric acid, said it was a little high, but I haven't been able to find out what they wanted me to do about it. I had somebody tell me cherry juice, and I've got some cherries and blinded them up because I couldn't find the juice. I don't know if I take a teaspoon, tablespoon a day. I don't know if that's doing me any good or not. What do you think? I hate that stuff. Mean? I can't stand cherry juice. Uh, I like a cherry on top of ice cream, but I the cherry juice uh, and probably doesn't work. Okay, gout is a condition where you have a very high level of uric acid in your blood. It is usually associated with a metabolic syndrome. Most people who have gout have are overweight, have high blood pressure, have lipid abnormality, cholesterol. Uh, and uric acid is just a part of this. The most common presentation of it is a red-hot swollen toe that is so tender you can't put a sheet on it. Is that what you're having? No, no. I, I, my, I had one toe cross over onto another in about a month's time and a real sharp pain in the ball of my foot, and I went to the foot doctor. He took x-rays and, and showed some bone decay, I think is what it was, which pointed to gout. 
Well, just because your uric acid is elevated does not mean you have gout. Gout is a red, hot, tender, one joint, usually. Usually your toe, oh, but you can have it on the lateral foot. You can have it on the ankle. It's a spell that comes on. You feel like it's going to kill you, and it goes away in a couple of days, even if you don't do anything. That doesn't sound like what you're having. No. And it may be that the reason the doctors are not treating this is because they don't really think you have gout. Do you know how high your uric acid is? No, they just called me on the phone after the test and told me it was a little bit elevated. Well, you need to call call the nurse back and tell her you need to talk to the doctor or she needs to get the answers. Do you need to be treated for this? The treatment for gout is to lower your uric acid by using a drug called allopurinol. And uh, it's a fairly safe drug. We use it all the time. Lots of people on it now because of the epidemic of obesity that we have. And so that's your maintenance drug. And then you get colchicine, which is a second drug for rescue if you have a breakthrough attack of the gout. So you get two drugs, and uh, you take the colchicine while you start the allopurinol, then you stop it. If you want more information about uh, gout, please send me an email. I got a great handout on that, and that's at Southern Remedy at mpbonline.org, Tim. I think there's something funny in this story, and you got a communication problem with your provider, so that's the solution to that, and that is such a common problem. Drive them crazy at the office until you get the answer you need. We have open lines at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Uh, I'm live here with our producer, Jay White, the famous sports commentator uh, who will win a Pulitzer surprise if he ever writes a newspaper article. Uh, and let's go to Bogalusa. And, Tim, it's Louisiana Day, Tim. Yes, sir. I spoke with you a couple of weeks ago, and that was the end of the program. We, I told you I was diagnosed with a low thyroid, and you started talking about centroid and uh, uh-huh. just into it. it. Can they not discover why your thyroid all of a sudden uh, which producing hormones and, and use supplements as opposed to having to do uh, this replacement okay now let's start at the, let's start at the back end of your question why do you th- what why do you think supplements or do you think supplements that you can get at uh, GSA or QRS or whatever the store's names are uh, are better than pharmaceuticals that you can get uh, uh, by prescription. Is that? It, hmm? No, that's not what that's not what I'm saying exactly. There's another doctor program I see on one of the TVs that he said he caused himself a thyroid issue by doing uh, too much of soy. Soy caused it, and, and he was able to take iodine and, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. more selenium, and he, and he turned his ground. Well, I tried to do it. It didn't work. Yeah, don't watch that program anymore. That guy's a quack. Uh, <laughs> it makes absolutely <laughs> zero sense whatsoever. Okay, so oh, let's talk. Let, let, let's review this whole thyroid thing, and I'll give you a chance to ask some more questions because this is such a common thing, and we just had somebody with the same general issues. So the thyroid gland is uh, very interesting. It's like the other endocrine glands. It is on remote control. It is controlled by the pituitary gland, which is in your brain. It is does not have its own control system. So this uh, hormone, TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, is released from your pituitary gland. The pituitary gland is sort of like a it is a computer. And when your thyroid levels get low, it kicks out this protein that goes to your thyroid gland. You make thyroid hormone. And thyroid hormone, there are a bunch of them. There's T, T3, T4, and some other ones. But those are the primarily ones. And also called thyroxine is T4. So those hormones are what makes your all the cells in your body metabolize sugar and other nutrients to keep you alive. If you don't have thyroid, you're in big trouble. So the thyroid gland itself that sits in your neck and is receiving signals from the pituitary gland 
uh, kicks this stuff out when it's told to do so. Unfortunately, if you have a family history of autoimmune thyroiditis, which many people do, called Hashimoto's, your mother's had it, my mother had it, her mother had it, uh, I'm on thyroid, what happens as you get older, you, you make antibodies to your thyroid, and it kills it off over a period of years. During that time, your thyroid levels go up and down because you're you're releasing thyroid from your uh, thyroid gland that is not st- stimulated by TSH. It's damaged thyroid. So over a period of years, your thyroid burns out. You can also become hypothyroid if there's something wrong with your pituitary gland and you stop making TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone. So there are two, two particular entities that are most common. There's some weird ones, but those are the most common causes of hypo, low thyroid. So what do you do for this? Well, it's easy to diagnose. If your pituitary gland's normal, your TSH goes sky high because your pituitary gland's trying to tell your thyroid to get off its butt and make some thyroid. But uh, frequently the thyroid cannot respond because it's dead or dying from this thyroiditis. And so you have to supplement it. You have to add some more thyroid. And the way that you do that is you use thyroid the rest of your life like moi, okay? So I have the same issue you've got. Every morning, first thing, before I do anything, I take my thyroid on an empty stomach with a glass of water and give it time before breakfast to be absorbed appropriately, and now my TSH is normal. That's how that's followed. I'm finished. Did that answer your question? I think it did. Thank you. Call back some more if I didn't get it right or send me an email. (laughs) This this is this problem is so confusing because you would think if you were hypothyroid your TSH would be low. It's the opposite because the TSH doesn't come from the thyroid; it comes from the pituitary gland, a little chestnut up there in the middle of your head. Okay, thanks for your call. And if I don't get it straight, give me another chance. Let's go to Beaumont and Sue. We're at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, trying to help you with issues. I love Gardasil, Sue. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I read a newspaper article that 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 is one uh, that it's not really effective. What? Yeah. Okay. Let me let me see if I can straighten that out. Well, can, then can I ask you another question after that? Uh, yeah. Let's get both of them teed up. Okay. Have you ever heard of shy dagger syndrome? Yes. It's, it's associated with Parkinsonism. Well, yeah, but can it be independent? It's oh. uh, actually shy, shy dragger. Okay. This lady the dagger gets dagger in your back when you get it. Yeah, right. You feel like you've been killed. Uh, okay. Do you, you want me to tell you what that is? Yeah, what is that? Okay. Well, let's do the Gardasil first. Gardasil is what you is the immunization for HPV, human papilloma virus. And uh, there are jillions of these uh, things out there. There's more than just four or five types. And the Gardasil only protects you against the most common type of these. Uh, uh, The prevalence of of, papillomavirus infection uh, in women and males... Uh, as well is very, very high and is associated with uh, developing cervical cancer, which is now a preventable disease since most of it is related to papillomavirus infection of the tissues of your cervix, which is the outside of your uterus. So uh, it is also causes oral cancer, and, uh, and and cancer of the neck, we think. And, and all of this is related to the fact that people are having sex at a very uh, early age now. 50% of kids who uh, graduate from high school have had sex. And, uh, and, and they're having sex with multiple partners. So this is being passed around like crazy. And if they're having oral sex, they get it in the mouth as well uh, as traditional sex where you get it in the vagina and it gets into the cervix. So it is a very common problem. This is, this is not 100% protective, 
but it is the best we've got right now. It's just like the old shingle shot. So old shingle shot was effective 40% of the time. The new one's effective 90% of the time. We'll get a better one, but if you haven't had it and you're sexually active or going to be sexually active, male or female, you need it. We've got all of our grandkids uh, that uh, are in junior high or above have had this, males and females. And I strongly uh, suggest that you get that. Shy Drager syndrome is a, sin- is a syndrome where of postural hypotension, where you stand up and your blood pressure goes down and you tend to faint. And it has to do with a generalized autonomic dysfunction, and it is associated with Parkinson's. It can be very difficult to manage. I have a close friend who has this. Uh, But there are tricks to use, certain medicines to take, uh, hydration, drinking a truckload of water in the morning. All kinds of things can be done to fix it. So if you have it, don't just tolerate it. Uh, There are lots of things that can be done. I hope that's helpful, Sue, and thanks for your call. Let's go to Vicksburg and Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hey. It's your turn. Hello? It's your turn. Um, Yes. So... I am in my mid-30s, and I've never had issues with allergies to the point where I've had skin reactions um, for anything. About two months ago, all of a sudden, I started having massive hives all over my torso, my neck, my head, my face, um, all the way down my legs, my knees, um, massive hives, hive breakouts. Finally got in to see an allergist, and he basically said, oh, well, we're never going to know what it is. Testing is not going to do any good. In the back of my head, I'm like, okay, well, I don't like taking medicine, so wouldn't it be better to know what is causing this so I can avoid it? And he basically told me that, t- that testing is just really expensive and not efficient, whereas right now I'm on four to five different antihistamines mm-hmm. multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And then now he's trying to get me on this shot that's once a month, and it's like $5,000. Oh, called Zolaire. Called Zolaire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me explain this to you. Um, first of all, you're lucky. You've got a good allergist who's telling you the truth. And sometimes we don't want to hear that, not because we're obstinate, but because he didn't take time to explain all the facts to you. And we'll be happy to send you um, the medical literature on this if you send us an email. If you have hives for more than six weeks, you have what is called chronic urticaria. And chronic urticaria, um, uh, if you work that up, if you get all the blood tests and so forth and so on, uh, usually you find out the cause in a small percentage of people. Uh, Now, I'm a rheumatologist and an allergist, so I always do more than the average allergist will do. For instance, Hashimoto's thyroiditis that I was just talking about is a very common cause of chronic urticaria in women, and I usually will check antithyroid antibodies, write this down, antithyroid antibodies, um, uh, just to make sure that is not the problem. Uh, it's not going to change the therapy, but at least you would know to watch your thyroid. Uh, lupus will do this, and lupus is most commonly diagnosed by history. You don't need to have the ANA test, so usually the history takes care of that. So we usually spend about 30 or 40 minutes taking a history when somebody comes in with this to see if there's a trigger. And if we cannot find a trigger or a symptom or a sign that suggests uh, a cause, then we just go ahead and treat it and uh, see if it'll go away because most of the time it goes away within a year, regardless of what you do. So that's his approach. So I presume that he's excluded a connective tissue disease by taking a history. He's taking a dietary history. You couldn't help him with that. And you don't have another thing that's helpful is an elevated sedimentation rate because uh, some people with uh, urticaria have an underlying autoimmune condition that elevates this measurement of inflammation in your body. And this is a screening test for inflammation. So most people recommend that you get um, um, get, get that done, the CRP or the SED rate and the thyroid antibodies in good history. 
Presuming that all of that has been done, the treatment is antihistamines, uh, and um, uh, that the problem is they make you sleepy, uh, and the best ones are the non-sedating antihistamines like Zyrtec and Allegra, which usually don't work very well. Then you go to the sedating ones like Doxypen, also known as Sinequan. And if that doesn't work well, which it doesn't sometimes, the next step is to go to Zolaire, which is this magic injection, which is, has changed uh, the whole course of treatment of this. And if you've gone on the antihistamines and had an appropriate workup, uh, and primarily a history, and you don't have any history of anything that would suggest you have an autoimmune disease, that would be the next step. And if your insurance doesn't pay for it, uh, th- there's no way you can pay for $5,000 a month. So there is a patient assistance program for Zolaire, and he should have given you the information uh, to contact the drug company to get on that program to get help with it. Uh, is any of that helpful? You st- I, just, I was just making sure that, like, because growing up with medical people in my family, if we had allergies, you wouldn't got tested. Yeah. And so now I'm being told that testing is not. Okay. It is not caused. It is not caused by inhalant allergies, pollens, moles, and stuff that give you hay fever and asthma. So that's number one. Chronic urticaria is not caused by that. Uh, the uh, it's very unusual that anybody has chronic urticaria from food allergy without having a history to go with it. Every time they eat shrimp, they, their hives get worse. Or uh, there are some people with aspirin uh, makes it worse. So we take people off of aspirin every time they're on aspirin. I'm sure he asked you those questions. And so we screen for what is allergic, which is a very small component of this, then we screen for autoimmune disease, which is another small component, and then it it becomes idiopathic. We don't know. We do not understand. And uh, then Zolaire fixes it. That's the story. What are the side effects of Zolaire? Zip. Zip. We, some people have allergic reactions to it. Very, very, very rare. Some people have local bumps. Very rare. A lot of people have empty bank accounts with it when their doctors don't help them get the help that they need because it's ridiculously expensive, like all the other biologics. I can't fix that. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. All right. Now, all the best to you. I know what an awful, awful problem this is. Okay? I get it. It's terrible. But this, this medicine is magic. Okay. Let's go to Purvis and Rocky. Hey, Rocky. Yes, sir. Um, I, I was just going to follow up on a question you have earlier with the gout. Yes, sir. Because I get I get gout in both of my big toes, both feet, but more often on my left feet and also my ankles. But, you know, lately I got it to have the same symptomology on my left knee. Mm-hmm. It's swollen red, and I'm limping for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Something that my doctor told me, he said, well, you can't get gout on your knee, usually, mm-hmm. so your toe and ankle. But I'm having the same symptomology. Is that possible? Yes. Gout is an asymmetrical, large and small arthritis. It usually starts in the toe. If it's not treated, uh, you get other joints involved. If you have existing osteoarthritis, which is the old-age arthritis uh, that everybody gets, it will go to that joint, like if you injured your knee, all of a sudden it pops up there. It can even get in your hand joints if you have osteoarthritis of the hands. Uh, okay. If you don't get it fixed, it accumulates, uh, and you get these bumps called tophi, and you start getting kidney stones. So it has to be fixed, and the way to fix it is to normalize your uric acids at six okay. or so. And the only way you can do that is to take one of these medicines that suppresses a production of uh, uric acid, like I told you, uh, allopurinol yeah, and others. The only pill that he had given me in the past is, you know, colchicine, if, if the symptoms appear to take it. And, no, no, that's the know. wrong answer. If you've had more than two attacks... You need to be on allopurinol. He's not up to date. Ask for a referral to somebody else, a rheumatologist, 
uh, that's an arthritis doctor quickly mm-hmm. because you're going to end up with other problems. You're not being treated correctly. Okay. All right. And I have I have injuries in my in my knees before I used to be a bull rider, so that's that's another reason that probably yeah. I have to see all the symptoms. Were you good? I, I did okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, did you do it professionally or just for fun? Uh, I did professionally. Oh wow! Cat, so, so I think I'm still good if I, I'm still standing. So. When's the last time you did it? Oh, it's been about fifteen years since I I quit. So did you do it I'm in Texas or Mexico or where? Uh, Texas, Nelly. So all right. Well, I I love bull riders. They're the most interesting people in the world. Uh, these are the these are the guys that are going to volunteer on the. Uh, for to go into space when it becomes free, <laughs> just to check it out. <laughs> I, I'm on my list. I'm okay, my list good for you. I knew you wouldn't be. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right, great to talk to you. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Barbara on the road. Hey, Barbara. Yes. It's your turn. Oh, well, good. I like to have a good turn. All right, me too. Now, the, I heard you talking about thyroid. Yes, ma'am. And Several years ago, they removed my parathyroid. Yep. Now, I'm not sure what that is. We're going <laughs> to tell you. parathyroid? What's the difference in just thyroid and parathyroid? Okay, good. That's a, that's a good question. Um, the uh, parathyroid sits. Uh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Say that again. The parathyroid gland uh-huh. sits close to your thyroid in your neck. In fact, there are four of them. Okay, uh-huh. there's uh, two at the top of your thyroid sitting over on the side, not in your thyroid, and two at the bottom. Okay, so there are four of them, and these are like the the um, the thyroid gland in that they 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 are sensors. In this case, rather than being related to a system that senses thyroid, they they uh, sense calcium, okay? Calcium. Say that again. I'm having trouble. You you sound like you're going away. Say okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna climb right in this microphone right now where you can really. I'm hear. in there, but be careful. Is that better? It's dark in here. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. So um so the parathyroid glands, the four of them, are there to regulate calcium. Calcium. Doesn't have anything to do with thyroid. Has to do with calcium, and your calcium uh, in your blood is a chemical like sodium and potassium and manganese that does all kinds of regulatory function for nerve conduction, uh, for bone building, uh, and all kinds of other stuff. Okay, it's a very important chemical, and when it gets low. Your parathyroid gland pumps out parathyroid hormone, and you you resorb a little bit of bone to get your calcium level up. And that's why people with hyperparathyroidism have soft bones, and they ache all over and hurt all over. And we usually pick this up with an, uh, with an elevated uh, calcium in your blood because it, it gets turned on. And uh, you make too much calcium, and eventually it's a tumor. It's a benign tumor. The problem is you don't know which of the four glands it's in. So you usually take three and a half of them out when you do this and hope that there's some of the normal gland is left or else you're hypocalcemic, low calcium, the rest of your life, and that's a nightmare. So you had your thyroid, parathyroids removed? With that... They didn't tell me that I had four, and they just said I've got a big scar around right right under my throat. Uh-huh. They didn't tell me how many. I do take uh, a medication, Levothyroxine. Th- you probably know. Now that's thyroid hormone. Okay. Yes, it is thyroid. What it you have to take for? Have to take this the rest of my life. Okay. Well, I just hope we got the story straight right because uh, thyroid is for thyroid problems. It doesn't. Yeah do anything for parathyroid problems. The parathyroids are a different set of glands. And if you really want to get this straight, I'll send you a picture of all this. If you send me an email at southernremedy.mpbonline.org, we'll try to get it straight because it's very confusing without drawing a picture. 
Well, you know, I've been taking this. I'm trying to think how long I've been taking this this thyroid medicine. If you're hypothyroid, if you're hypothyroid, low thyroid, you take it the rest of your life. If you stop it, you get sick. So anybody that's put on thyroid, like moi, is going to take it the rest of their life. They told me that when they took that out, and I'm taking uh, 75 milligrams, but I know I'm not supposed to take it with food, and I think you said that a minute ago before. That's right, and that's for your thyroid. That's for your thyroid. What I do is leave it in the bathroom, so when I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, I take the pill. Hey, that's a great idea. In fact, I put all mine by my toothbrush because I am in the habit of brushing my teeth in the morning, which is probably a good thing to do. Hmm. We're at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I'm Dr. Rick, and I'm crawling back out of the microphone uh, to take your call. And let's go to Vicksburg and Marsha. Hey, Marsha. Hi. I'm also on uh, levothyroxine, and I noticed that you said it had to be taken on an empty stomach. So how long do I have to wait before I have, like, coffee or breakfast or anything? Uh, nobody knows. Uh, the your usual recommendation is an hour. I don't have an hour to wait. Uh, I take it for the, the the lady you just called had a great idea. She's taking it in the middle of the night. That's yeah. That's a good idea. That then you don't have to worry about it. Uh, I hope that I don't have to get up in the middle of the night too often, or I'll have yeah. to have my prostate fixed. But anyway, uh, uh, I say thirty minutes. Okay. okay. So if you take it when you. Even before you go to the toilet, first thing in the morning, if you take it on your way there, then by the time you've, you know, you've urinated or whatever you do first thing and put on your, you know, shoes and stuff and got some toast ready, it's usually 30 minutes anyway. Okay. All right, then. Well, thank you very much. My pleasure. Let's go to one of my favorite places, Mobile, Alabama, and Kim. Hey, Kim, what's going on in Mobile? Uh, well, it's a beautiful day. It's always a beautiful day in Mobile, <laughs> even when it's raining. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, about um, four years ago, um, I had my thumb bent like, all the way back to my uh, arm. And, of course, it hurt. It felt like I was going to pass out. But I, I thought that it would heal on its own. But uh, I didn't. I didn't have good use of the thumb, and it would get tingling, you know, in my arm. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's a number of years later, and of course it's not any better. And I went. I finally thought, you know, I, I should probably get this looked at. I went to um, an orthopedic doctor. Right. Two of them actually, and both of them said that um, my problem is arthritis. Mm-hmm. But I have like a tingling in my thumb and in my arm, um, and I'm just wondering: is it possible that I have some nerve damage in addition to arthritis? Okay, boy, are you are you on top of this? Okay, um, and 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 you're right uh, across the board. Uh, you you hyperflexed your your you got your thumb bent backwards, right? Yes. Uh huh. And did it go out of joint, or did it just hurt like crazy? Uh, you, you can pop it, it out hurt. of joint when you do that. No, it I, um no, it just hurt like crazy. Okay. And is the other thumb uh, a problem? No. Okay. And what are what is are you having pain in and numbness in your thumb? Yes, and it goes up my up my forearm. Up your forearm. Okay, good. All right. So you um, uh, just about everybody gets osteoarthritis in that first thumb joint and the one closest to your hand. And it uh, nothing causes arthritis. There's no kind of inflammatory arthritis that uh, involves that joint. It's almost the only joint ever affected uh, by, by, by any arthritis other than osteoarthritis. So uh, more likely than not, what happened is, is that you damaged the cartilage that separates the bones in that joint when you flexed it backwards, and, um, and, and you have osteoarthritis in that joint. And you can tell that by, by an x-ray. You can see it on the x-ray. The treatment and and uh, there is a nerve. 
that runs out to that finger and a blood vessel, uh, and you may very well have damaged that as well. And uh, the the pain going up your arm, which we see frequently with osteoarthritis of the thumb joint, uh, is not unusual. We see that uh, pain going down the, the thumb and up the arm. So it all sounds like osteoarthritis, degenerative arthritis of the thumb joint. This is a very difficult joint to treat. You can take a needle and stick it in that joint and inject some steroids, and that will give you temporary relief. Uh, sometimes it lasts a long time, but usually it doesn't. Uh, the thing that I use for people uh, with this is Volterran gel. That is diclofenac, which is a non-steroidal that is in a gel form that goes right into the joints. This is fairly close if you rub it on the skin over there. The problem is people won't use it enough. Uh, you don't have to use a lot, but you have to use it right over the joint, uh, and uh, that can help. Uh, a lot. I have people use it three times a day over that joint until the pain stops and then back off to two times a day and then see if they can get rid of it, uh, Get use it just at night because at night's when it's usually the biggest problem. Uh, the other thing that you can do is you can go, and I would ask your orthopedist to refer you to a physical therapist who is a hand specialist. Believe it or not, there are physical therapists who do nothing but work with people's hands. Uh, they are experts uh, at this because a lot of people have damaged hands from work or other things, and they just are unbelievable in coming up with uh, stuff. I have arthritis, <clears throat> osteoarthritis in my hands like you would believe. I have been to such a person, and uh, and. The kind of things they do are mind-boggling, and they really help me with my hands. So those are the things I would do. I think the story makes sense, and I think the diagnosis is probably correct. Was that what you needed? Oh, I uh, yes. Thank you so much. And I just want to make sure you said Volterran. Yeah, Cal? let me spell it. It's V, as in Victor, okay. V-O-L-T-A-R-E-N. That's the, uh, that's the branded one. Try to get the generic one, which is diclofenac, D-I-C-L-O-F-E-N-A-C, diclofenac. It is a prescription, and uh, rather than going back to the doctor uh, and getting charged again, call his nurse and ask them if he would write you a prescription for uh, diclofenac gel and refer you to a physical therapist who is a specialist in hands, and you can probably get those referrals without another doctor visit, okay? Okay, thank you very much. All right. I wish I was in Mobile today. See you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Madison and Susan. Hey, hey, Susan, what's happening? Hey, good, good morning. I hope I have time for this question. Um, I'm getting ready to start my granddaughter on a, a weight loss program. Uh-huh. She is uh, this We've, we've sort of started already. She is uh, 14 years old, and she's very heavy, mm-hmm. like 300 pounds. Are y'all in so, agreement on this? Yes. Y- y'all have I'm, talked, and, and she's asked for your help? Y- yes. Well, we have something that's motivating her. Okay. And and, and uh, I, I've been trying to cut out all the all the... The sugar and the bread, and and reduce her calories every day. I'm, I'm, you know, she's not at home all day long now, but mm-hmm. and 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 maybe like a lean cuisine at night. And I want to, I want to in, include some exercise every day. We we've uh, found out how to do that too. Mm-hmm. But my concern is, I mean, she's maybe lost three pounds in two weeks, and I'm thinking. A hundred pounds, it just doesn't even sound like it's anywhere near. And I've looked at a clinic, I haven't called, but there's a clinic in the area that will, that gives some kind of injections. Do you know anything about these injections? Yeah. Are are they, are they something that I should consider? Uh, Not for a teenage, uh, preteen girl, no, uh -uh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go there. Um, What she needs to do is you need to find a pediatrician 
that will work with you. University of Mississippi Medical Center actually has a clinic for obese children and a specialist, a general internist, who works with obese children. Some of these kids uh, have polycystic ovary syndrome, the girls, especially the ones that get a lot of hair in places that that, uh, they don't belong. Some of them have hypothyroidism. Most of them are eating junk food. Uh, and so you need to make sure the medical piece is done and uh, your uh, the, your family pediatrician may be able to help you with this uh, without going to a specialist. But here's the bottom line. Uh, this child is going to have to be in control of what's going on with her weight uh, control because it's a whole life thing. A diet is not going to work. She is going to have to have lifestyle changes, and you don't want to lose any more than one pound per week anyway, because if you do, uh, your gastric hormones get so high that you start ripping the hinges off your refrigerator. Uh, Mm -hmm. The brain fights this, and any child that is as obese as she is, uh, is going to have a lot of trouble losing that weight because her whole thermostat has been reset. So I definitely would take her to a pediatric endocrinologist or one of these general pediatricians uh, that is interested in this problem and make sure that you know that her uh, thyroid is working, that her ovaries are doing what they're supposed to do and so forth. And then get them to work with you on this. And I will tell you, if she is not in control of this, uh, you're going to kill yourself working on it. She, I mean, she may lose a couple mm-hmm. of pu- but she'll go pig out someplace because she's mm-hmm. not in control. I mean, th- that's just they have to take ownership of this problem. And, right. uh, and you're just you're wasting your time if you're going to try to do it for her. Uh, well, the one one thing I uh, that might be a problem too is she's very tall. Uh huh. Well, that's good because if you're tall and you're still growing, if you don't gain weight, you have uh, any more weight. You you become thin by definition. The taller you get, you keep the same weight. You become thin. If you want to know more information about this, send me an email. I got a lot of stuff on this particular topic, and I'm sorry that. She's got it, but a lot of their kids have too. Hey, it's been a pleasure to visit with you. A Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, uh, and we're supported by an unrestricted grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and our producer is Jay White. Who's our uh, uh, phone person? Kevin The famous Kevin Farrell. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Uh, if in the interim you want to talk, send us an email. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.